hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Talking tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Uh, This is Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 69. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear netgear.com.au and Samsung. Um, Great supporters of Two Blokes Talking Tech. I'm Trevor Long, and the other bloke each and every week is Stephen Fennick. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. How are you going? Mate, I'm excellent. It's actually been a really big day in technology, and I think you and I, it's terrible, but you and I gauge that by the amount of times we, we get radio calls. So it's been a big day. We've got a lot to talk about, so let's get straight into it. So Microsoft did this whole, you know, we're not going to tell you what we're doing. We want you to come to an event. It got the, frankly, it got the Apple treatment. It had the live blogs going online. It had the the suspicion. It had the hashtags going on Twitter and all those things. And it really was hard to tell what it was going to be. There was a kind of hope, obviously, that it was going to be something about a, a new device and a tablet was, was talked about. But, you know, I don't think... I've got to be honest, they've announced a thing called the Microsoft Surface, which is a name that we know because they've had this big table-based Surface product, touchscreen table, for a while. But they've now brought that to the tablet form, handheld, um, running Windows 8. And I've got to say, I'm, I'm immediately impressed. Absolutely, yeah. It's a pretty slick-looking device, uh, really, really well-designed. It's, it's got a 10.6-inch widescreen, 16 by 9 widescreen, high-definition display, 9.3 millimetres thick. Uh, so at first glance, it's, it's a tablet, obviously, yeah. but it's also got a little kickstand that pops out of the back so you can rest it uh, for a comfortable view. But it's what, what's really cool, it's, it's kind of ripped off the iPad smart cover, but yeah. it's the smart cover on steroids. The oh, smart yeah. cover is, has got a keyboard built into the inside part of it, so it actually turns the Surface into a little mini laptop, a little Ultrabook there. So, I reckon. Uh, looks pretty cool, don't you think? Yeah, mate, I reckon, and this is a complete guess, but I reckon someone at Apple got a slap today. It's like, why didn't we think of that? Because that, that keyboard... Built into the the case is a genius idea, and there's a couple of things about it. It's a full multi-touch keyboard, so it should operate quite nicely. It's got a trackpad there, so that you can use the mouse. Um, and and there's you know just broadly, I mean, it's it's a really nicely designed machine overall. It's it's thick. There's no doubt. It's it's kind of you know it's got a thickness to it. I think, and we haven't held it, but you know it's certainly. Yeah, don't meant- forget, it's got it's got a USB port, yep. SD card slots. That's pretty for nine point three mil with all those that, those connections. It's not bad. You know, essentially. It's an Ultrabook in tablet form. Yes, it's an anorexic Ultrabook, I'm going to call it. <laughs> so but then what I like about it, the smart cover slash keyboard, uh, it attaches magnetically like the iPad smart hmm. cover, hmm. but it's got a little uh, like a contact so that the keyboard touches uh, the contact on the bottom of the, of the tablet. Hmm. 
so that it obviously creates the connection for that keyboard. That's genius. It's, so it's not a Bluetooth connection. That's, that's no, the beautiful thing. Connection. And yeah. and the other great thing about it, again, this is this is absolute genius design. It's when you flip the key, the sorry, the cover over, so it's it becomes the back of the device. You know, like you're just holding it. It knows that it's on the back of the device, and therefore the keyboard's not active. That's smart. And the other thing about it is. Oh, you know, and this is a real bugbear of mine with tablets. There are some great pens on the market for tablets, and there are some great, and I've got this thing called Paper 53 or whatever it is. It's a really nice kind of journal thing where you can do nice sketches and, you know, just ideas and jottings and stuff. But <laughs> Unleashing your artistic side, oh, are you, mate? No, no, mate, just ideas, mate. I've got ideas all the time. <laughs> Uh, but the thing about it is, when you when you when you rest your hand on the tablet and you and you kind of draw or sketch, your hand is touching the screen, and therefore yeah. you, you know it's it's ruined. But on the surface, the Microsoft Surface, on the surface of it, I was going to say, um, on the surface, when you've got that you that come, it, there's a stylus you can get right, and in the surface, Microsoft Surface knows that the stylus is within you know a you know centimeter of the screen, and it deactivates the touch screen, and it only is active as the pen. All oh, right, because it's got like multi-point. Is that a ten-point touch on the screen? You can touch it up to ten different points. No, it actually disables the touch and enables a different style of interface. Well, yeah, with well, with the pen, go. it's bloody genius, mate. Because then you can rest your hand on there and make notes over Word documents or whatever it is. Because you got to remember, it's running Microsoft Windows eight, and therefore it's running Office and all those different things. That's a nice nice point of difference. Well, being a Microsoft device, uh, obviously you're going to expect those kinds of things, but it's, they've they've indicated they haven't actually given an indication when it's going to be released. They're just this saying in the fall, problem. which is our spring, so that could be a couple of months away. This is their biggest, and they're problem, also mate. reflecting on the price no. too, which is Second competitive with the iPad. Surprise, surprise! No, so it'll be around the five hundred mark to entry level product. You know what? I don't think it'll be that price. So let's be clear here. There's two products that they announced today: the Microsoft Surface and the Microsoft Surface Pro. The Surface is running ARM technology chips, and you know Windows. RT, what they call RT, it, which is yeah. kind of a dumbed-down version. And then the Surface Pro will run, you know, Intel chips and Windows 8 and, you know, be a real computer. And the price point for that is, they say, in Ultrabook territory. So you're going to be paying, you know, 1000 or eleven or $1,200 for this thing. Hello, yeah. does Steve Barmer <laughs> not listen to Two Blokes yeah. Talking Tech? They've got to listen to us, Trevor. Well, I think, look. Once, like I, I, I think I saw your tweet or, or on Facebook or whatever. You said, "Oh, I can't wait to get my hands on it." I think it's going to be that kind of product where mm. you're going to appreciate it. Although the pictures look terrific, I put up a story on Tech Guide, including a little video that they put together. The pictures look terrific. Yes, but I think once you get it in your hand, it's going to be, it's going to have that kind of Apple effect. I think you know, once you get an Apple product in your hand, you can appreciate the quality of it. I think this kind of exudes that design yes. and that quality as well. So they've kind of taken a leaf out of the Apple book here, don't you think? Oh, I do, and I think, but I just think there was a couple. I'm going to be negative for a minute. I think there was a couple of, um, what do you call it? It just inaccuracies or silly things they said today, and they started talking about how important their partners were. You know, like their their, their hardware partners because they yeah. don't make computers. And then they said at one point they're saying, or regularly they were saying, we know ne- we know we need to control the hardware and the software. I'm like, hang huh. on a minute, make up your mind. <laughs> like, what wh- what are you actually? Because this is the truth. We all know this is the truth. Apple, like the no, it's the truth. If you know that you control the hardware and the software, you know you can build the right device. You know, Apple yeah. have great control over things like screen just ask dimming. Apple. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and well, actually, just ask Apple's bank manager. Um, yes. You know, so Microsoft are taking that leaf out of their book, and that's great. But you know, you can't kick the PC manufacturers in in the in the teeth. 
and tell them that they're not doing a good job. So it's a really difficult position for Microsoft to be in. They need to be in this. You know what? I looked at I've got to be honest, mate. I looked at it and I went, this is awesome. And you know what I thought? I thought the laptop's dead. Yeah, well, they've been talk of that, eh? The post PC products that are gonna, it's gonna be, we're gonna be all on tablets and all on smartphones. And mm. this device, though, with the keyboard, I think that that's a real breakthrough. I think yeah. for this type of product, this isn't the last. This is this idea is going to be ripped off by many other companies, mate, including mate, Android tablet manufacturers. Mate, Logitech. We're gonna see a lot of these ones in the market because let's face it, the the big thing with tablets is that everyone thinks they're great for content consumption. But I want to tap out an email. They want mm. a keyboard. Now, this has kind of solved the problem. I'm sure there's going to be a touchscreen uh, keyboard on the device too. Mm. But this little – it's only three millimeters thick, that little keyboard. So yeah, yeah. it's pretty uh, – Mate, if that's Logitech – That's a lot of users, I think. If Kirk. Logitech don't come out with a smart cover, cover whole case thing like Apple have but with a keyboard built into it, I'd be amazed. They've done some really good innovations yeah. lately. Anyway well, – the, uh, we throw down the gauntlet out there. You, the first, first one to come through will be on Two Blokes Talking Tech future episode. There you go. So the Microsoft Surface, as Stephen said, we have absolutely no idea when we're getting it. We have absolutely no idea of the price, but they've done well to get us excited. And you can read more about it at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, it's a big day in the uh, computer gaming community today, Trevor. It was a, mm. a landmark decision, we can call this one. We'll be looking back on this day in future and saying that this was the day that we're finally going to get an R18 plus rating yep. for computer games here in Australia. We're finally catching up with the rest of the world. This has been going on for some years, up to 10 years, as uh, I've been writing about it myself for about five or six, the battle to get gaming on the same footing as and, and other forms of entertainment like film, books, TV shows, uh, and just prove that it's a legitimate form of entertainment Enjoyed by adults, let's face it. It's, mm. it's, not, it's not just for kids. Gaming, average age of gamers, according to recent uh, stats from uh, the Australian uh, Gaming Association, is that the average age is 32. So mm. it's, not, it's, not just a, it's not just a teenager in the bedroom. Oh, game. Mate, let's, get, is, let's get that straight. So this is a great clear. decision uh, with legislation passed in federal parliament. It's, you know, it's a really important day, and it's not about I want to kill people. It's not about I want to do whatever the things are that happen in R18 games. It's just about the fact that, you know what, you've been able to buy movies, you've been able to do all different things that have a ratings classification that includes this kind of content. And there are games that have been released around the world which don't get a rating in Australia and are banned in Australia because they don't fit under the underneath R18, therefore M, M15 plus or whatever it's called. Yep. So it's just a simple, um, you know, it's a right, frankly. And I'm not, I'm not really a rights arguer, but I think it is an absolutely legitimate decision that, that is long overdue and doesn't mean we're going to be flooded with violent, murderous games. No, but I think you're right, though, that, that that's been though, a little bit of a stumbling block about the whole argument. When, when you mention R18 plus games, ratings for games, the people who don't know really much about it automatically assume, oh, we want more sex and violence and, mm. and, and gore in our games. It's actually, it's actually not the case. What, what, what we want is a, a clearer indication of the appropriate games for the appropriate ages. Now, yeah. you, your kids, when they get older, you're going you're gonna to come to this point. I've got a, I've got a 15-year-old son who he, he can play MA15 plus games, mm. but there's going to be a lot of people on the edge there when the Call of Duty games are all MA15 plus there's parents who are sort of thinking, oh, he's 14, I'll let him play it. But with an R18 plus now, with that black label that with the R18 rating on it, hmm. that's going to really draw the line in the sand to say, right, 
This is meant for 18 and over, adults only. So you're not going to let your 15-year-old or 14-year-old play that kind of game. So I think they're doing parents and consumers a bit of a favor with this. I'll, I'll tell you a real quick story about I'm a good mate to the guy up here at EB Games up near me up here in East Gardens, and he was telling me a story about a little little 12-year-old kid wanting to buy an MA15 Plus game. Yep. And he said to the kid, he said, look, sorry, mate, you're not old enough to buy this game. So the kid sort of walked away disappointed and come back five minutes later with his mother. The mother's proceeded to abuse this uh, guy at EB Games, my friend, for not selling his 12-year-old son an MA15 Plus game. Outrageous. So this is the sort of thing that's out there with customers that, that, that they think it's just for kids and all games are okay just for kids. Hello, average age is 32. Hmm. This is long overdue. So this, this is not just, like I said, for sex and violence and, and nudity in games. This is so that we know who can play what. Yeah, and I look, you know what? I, forget everything else. It's up to parents to be parents in those situations, and that's why we have ratings classifications. Parents need to choose what movies their kids are seeing. My son, who's five, knows about ratings. You know, he, he's, he's like G and PG. He wants to understand what they mean. You know, like he fully knows. And I'm not saying it's going gonna, it's gonna to be easy Good for parenting, me. parenting, Trevor. Oh, mate, it's not parenting. <laughs> I mean, I, I've, oh, that's a fluke. I don't know. Well, my wife must have told him something. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, honestly, I, I think it's going to be really hard for us, for me, you know, as my kids get older in, in this digital age. So, you know, parents have got to be aware. And, you know, you can only be aware if you're given the right tools. So, well done, to, to you know well done to the to the to the gaming industry and and the gamers who lobbied for this because they fought oh, long and, and hard long, for it. to long and hard long good and on. hard yep good on them so uh, r18 games coming your way i think uh, what are we talking january, january 1 january 2003 there'll be a flood year. of pornography in gaming god love it no <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the headline i can see the headline somewhere <laughs> anyway you're listening to two blokes talking tech And, you know, while we talk gaming, it's important to know that, you know, if you've got a great gaming setup in your home and, you know, games aren't just this localised thing now, you can be connected to the internet, you can be talking with people, uh, you can be, sh- you know, playing shoot 'em up games, you can be playing tennis, it doesn't matter what sort of game it is, these games are on the internet now. And if you connect your devices correctly using Netgear products, you can get the best performance from your network. Just an example is to use dual band router in your home and you could say to yourself, hang on a minute, I'm going to put all the kids on the on one band, I'm going to put the gaming on another so that I get peak performance from my gaming system. And that applies to whether you're doing video, just watching video throughout the house or doing Skype and VoIP kind of conversations. You can put those on a separate network so that the general internet traffic is separated and it's a much better performance. Netgear offer those products across a whole range, including the brand new wireless AC, 802.11ac, which is super fast, brand new wireless technology, and it's available very soon here in Australia from Netgear. For more information, go to netgear.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. One of the products that was released at Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference, uh, uh, it wasn't an iPhone, but uh, they we did have a, uh, we were given a new MacBook Pro, 15-inch MacBook Pro, with a Retina display. Now, the rumors were pretty rife that we, that Retina displays were eventually going to be uh, introduced into the MacBook Pro lineup, and, and they were. Now, I've been fortunate enough to uh, be using this uh, new MacBook Pro. I've written a review on Tech Guide, mm-hmm. uh, but this MacBook Pro, it, it's a uh, it's pretty amazing product to consider the fact that it's shrunk. It's a quarter thinner than the previous model, yet has increased yeah. significantly the performance and the features. 
So that's that's a feat of engineering right there. Yeah, now, just the just thickness put, is amazing. Yeah, the, the well, thickness just to put of it in this comparison, thing. Is I use a MacBook Air now, a 13 inch MacBook Air. And you know how it's got kind of like that? It's it's a sort of a wedge shape, so thick hmm. at the back, thinner yep. at the front where the screen comes down. Yep. And if you were to put these, the MacBook Pro 15 inch, the new one, with the MacBook Air back to back, so the thickest edge of the MacBook Air, the MacBook Air is only one millimeter thinner than the MacBook Pro. It's an interesting point because the, you think about the MacBook Air as being this super thin thing, but it is only it's a deception thing when you look at it because yeah. of the because of the pointy wedge. So you know because you can carry, and that's an interesting thing about Ultrabooks broadly. Just to digress, is you know they've only got to be you know seventeen point eight millimeters in 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 maximum thickness, so they can be seventeen point eight all the way from end to end, and that's that's like the MacBook Pro. It's a certain thickness which is super thin all the way along, so it doesn't look like an Air because it doesn't have the wedge, but it's still damn thin sitting side uh, by it, side with the it old It is really pro. impressive and I think you, you can only really appreciate it when you get it in your hand yeah. it, it, or get down to an Apple store or ha- check it out at JB Hi-Fi wherever your Apple reseller is but it's a very impressive bit of hardware but once you open up the screen, it just hits you between the eyes, this retina display. Well, if you, if you own an iPhone 4 or 4S or the new iPad, you'll know what we're talking about. The retina mm. display, it's got 220 pixels per inch. I think the screen has got actually 5.1 million pixels on it, which is no. way more than a 60-inch full high-definition television. It's got 2880 by 1800 resolution, which is more than full high definition. So for your video editors, your photographers with raw files, uh, your, your graphic designers, they're seeing every single pixel. And the beauty of it is that not only is, have you got this fancy screen, but under the hood, you've got a quad-core i7 no. processor and a graphics processor. So everything chug, chugs along really quickly. Thunderbolt ports, uh, USB 3 ports. This is a powerhouse. It's it's a stunning device, honestly, and and it really does do. It kind of you know the MacBook Pro has always been that that desirable next level of of performance because it has so much in it, and this really takes that to the next level because you're getting you got the the capacity alone of the solid state drive, those kind of things. It really does make this a stunning product to use in those in those areas where you really do need the Pro. Totally right. A couple of things to note, though, Trevor, with this product. There's no DVD drive. Even though it's called a MacBook Pro, you don't have an optical drive in it, so there's no slot for DVDs or CDs. Another thing, too, is that it's interesting how Apple have configured this device, the computer. It comes standard with 8 gig of RAM. Yeah, but it's it, the eight gig of RAM is actually soldered to the board. So yeah. you need to, or if you want a sixteen gig RAM uh, version, you can't add it later. No, no. you need to order that straight away. Which you, is the you same with the MacBook Air. You know what? I'm going to upgrade to another for sixteen. Put another eight in myself. You can't. Mm. If you want a sixteen, you need to order it straight off the bat. Uh, from from the time you purchase it. So uh, one thing to note, if you're looking to upgrade the RAM. Which is the same with the MacBook Air. So it's not like it's an unfamiliar thing these yeah. days. People love... There's, but you you'll know, notice too, one other thing as well was pointed out to me by my good friends down at Power Media, one of the Mac resellers. I've actually ordered my own one, by the way. I'm gonna. This is going to be my new computer. Hmm. But they did point out that the screws on the bottom of the uh, MacBook Pro, the new MacBook Pro, they're no longer Phillips head screws. They're a special octagonal shaped Mm. Uh, a little indentation in the screw yeah. so that not everyone can just open it up and uh, upgrade it or do whatever they like. So 
I think that's Apple taking a little bit more control of the product there. Oh, look, if you read the, what is it, iFixit website that, that pulls everything down and actually takes photos of every single component, this thing is the most difficult to repair device in the history of devices, essentially, in terms of laptops. But you know what? We're in this age where we, you don't take it in an upgrade. You don't, you know, change the battery. These things have a life cycle. And unfortunately, that's the way we operate now. So it doesn't really worry me at all that they've got complete control and, the, you know, the, they've changed the screws on the bottom. So, my Stephen. My daughter's very happy, though. She's inherited my 13 inch MacBook Air because no. I'm getting the 15 inch MacBook Pro with Retina display. Oh, yeah. Thanks for the help, mate. I would have, wouldn't have mind inheriting that. I thought we were close, mate. No Let worries. me see. My daughter or Hell Trevor Long? Who do I give my computer to? She's 17, mate. I think uh, she won that one. <laughs> All right. You can read a full review of the MacBook Pro with Retina on techguide.com.au. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, um, was it last week or the week before we talked about the Intel launch? And on that same yes. day as the Intel launch, you and I got to have a look at some interesting devices uh, when we caught up with the team at, at Toshiba. Yeah. And they showed us their, their tablet range, which has now been released. And I've got to say, it's quite impressive. Now, <laughs> I laugh because it is a little bit funny, a little tiny bit funny. <laughs> the, let, let, I'll, I'll leave the funny parts to last because they won't like me saying that, but it's, it's true. It's kind of wacky. They've got a nice new 10.1-inch tablet. It's a nice design, really nice form factor. You know, it's, it's a nice tablet. It's 539 shock horror dollars. Um, and then oh, yeah, there's something else priced at 539. Hmm, I don't know what. And then what I love most is they've got a 7.7 inch, which I think is the future of tablet sizes. They'll go. There'll be a lot of yep. tablets at this size. That's it's, a nice one. It's super thin, 7.8 mil- millimeters, um, 350 grams. It's really nice to hold, just like the Samsung Galaxy 7.7. So that's a top notch um, device from my book. And they all these these all carry the same specs essentially internally. We should this, point out. Did you mention the AMOLED screen on the 7.7? Everything's AMOLED. I mean, it's, it's got it, well now. Well, yeah. the 7.7 is actually the same price as the 10.1. People are thinking, what the hell? That's what I'm getting That's at. That's the reason, because it's yeah. got an AMOLED screen. So 539 for the 7.7 as well. It is a big call to say I'm going to spend the same amount for this tiny little thing as I am, but if you need that small size, it's worthwhile. It's got a micro USB and micro SD port, so there's, yeah. it, it's, it's a nice device. But then the thing that blows you away is what <laughs> looks like a drinks tray. Okay, for $699, you could fit uh, probably a six-pack, maybe eight beers on the back of the Toshiba 13.3. It's an tray. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they call it the, the tablet that gets the big picture. Um, you know, I mean, it is. It's, it's, it's just another space to be in, and I, I credit them for trying, but I just don't know who wants a 13-inch tablet. Well, I, I looked at this, and uh, and I, I think I had the same briefing the same day you did, and, and I looked at it, and, and it kind of reminded me of Goldilocks. It was sort of Mama Bear, Papa Bear, yeah. Baby Bear tablets. Yeah. And obviously, the Papa Bear is this massive 13.3-inch version. Yep. Now, how good would, would movies – movies look terrific on it if, you, oh, if you're yeah. willing to lug this thing around. Uh, yeah, I think it weighs it weighs nearly a kilo. I think nine hundred ninety eight grams it weighs. So oh, nearly a kilo. A oh no! You know, but, computers uh, used to weigh kilograms. If you watch movies, play games. You know, imagine how good Angry Birds will be on that big, big thing. So, yeah. or you know, for productivity, you want to maybe you'll have a larger keyboard on the screen there. So you know, there's there's re- there'll be people out there who who will purchase that product, Trevor. I'm but, prepared. Uh, Here, let me, good, let... good to see that they they're fully uh, committed to their Android range. I remember their previous uh, tablet was at one point the thinnest tablet in the world. It was Maintained that uh, felt design with these ones as well. So I'm prepared to offer a free Netgear dual band uh, router to the first person that sends a photo of their purchased 
uh, and can and can prove purchase thirteen inch tablet because I don't think we'll get a photo. Right. I'm just saying. Well, there we go, listeners. There's yeah. a challenge. All right, that's a uh, friends one, and you'll get a free you'll get a free Netgear router. I want proof of purchase. Let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> uh, that's the Toshiba tablet range in seven point seven, ten point one, and thirteen point three sizes. Check it out. It's uh, it's an interesting range, and uh, we'll have to see who buys them. Uh, the thirteen inch, the seven point seven, is certainly my pick. Well, while on the subject of tablets, Trevor, there's been some interesting uh, reports and and uh, some estimates uh, released by IDC, a very well-respected uh, analyst, International Data Corporation, and uh, they've actually revised their forecast for 2012 and beyond in terms of tablet sales. They've actually revised them upwards, mm. uh, and they're saying, though, that it's all on the strength of the iPad. They're, they're expecting Apple to grow its market share from 62.5 percent in 2012, which is yeah, massive. Massive. Up from 58 percent last year. So uh, it's really a, an iPad-driven market. But uh, at the same time, though, the bad news for Android is that IDC are predicting Android actually to drop away in the market from Drinking. down to 36.5 percent this year which is down from 38.7% in 2011. So uh, They'll have to put out another press release next week about to see where the Surface fits in. Maybe. I think that could be the, uh, the game changer there. But it, it's, I think that they were, they were very, very – they were huge in their praise for the, the iPad and how the, – especially the new iPad and all its new yeah. capabilities has really engaged the customers. And yeah, there doesn't see – there are no signs of it slowing down. No. So, yeah, with the, uh, the interesting stat that I saw was that, that by, by 2016, they're predicting 222.1 million units to be sold. So mm. that's a pretty healthy market, isn't it, Trevor? No wonder Toshiba put out three of them, not just one. Yeah, exactly. They, they want their slice of the pie, and that just proves why it's an important market to be in. The uh, IDG, was it IDC? IDG? IDC. IDC uh, forecasts, and you can read more about that at techguide.com.au. Well, Two Blokes Talking Tech is also brought to you by Samsung. Samsung's hero product is the Galaxy S3. The recent smartphone been been released two, three weeks ago, uh, and it's doing very well. It's got it's just packed with new features, including this gorgeous 4.8 inch Super AMOLED display. Now, this is a type of screen that you really need to hold it in your hand to appreciate just how sharp it is. A high definition screen allows HD video playback right in the palm of your hand. It's also got voice control with S-Voice. Uh, it's also got a little feature called Smart Stay. So this device, the camera actually looks at you and your eyes to see whether they're, they're trained on the screen. So it won't dim out the screen if you're in the middle of reading an ebook or browsing a web page. Uh, it's also got S-Beam, so you can share your, your files using NFC, near-field communication. But there, is also, there, there are a number of other uh, shortcuts to content using Quick Flicks. And there's also the Samsung Music Hub. But this is the sort of device, it's only, it's only 8.6 millimetres thick, got a nice curved design, but really can be appreciated when you hold it in your hand. The Samsung Galaxy S3, designed for humans. More information at samsung.com.au. I'm still rocking the Galaxy S3, mate. I'm, I'm still loving it. Now, 
The um, our man Ruslan Kogan did himself another big publicity favour this week. He generated a whole stack of news media information uh, and interest in Kogan through a new tax that he was putting out. Now <laughs> we're all aware of the carbon tax that is going to bring the world down and cost us all this more is the money. Kogan tax. Now you've got the Kogan tax. <laughs> if you are using Internet Explorer version seven, now you remember, uh, you know, about a year ago, a few months ago, we, we there was a big push to get rid of Internet Explorer six because had security vulnerabilities and all this kind of stuff. Kogan has decided that IE7 is also crap and anyone using that will actually be charged an extra tax on their purchases. It's a pretty fun move and it does it's bold, raise very awareness. Cheeky. It's very Kogan-like, don't yeah. you think? Oh, it's, hello. Uh, yeah. he's, look, he, he's, he's put into words what a lot of webmasters are thinking. Yeah, oh, bloody yeah, oath. I, mate, I run a website myself, so do really? you. Really? What's it called? To optimize, <laughs> to optimize your site, even for today's browsers, yeah. is a challenge. yeah. Now, if you've got a six-year-old browser in the mix, you know it could it cost, can cost you a bit of time. But yeah. he does, though, offer shortcuts to upgrade your browser. So yeah. if you if you so love your Internet Explorer Seven browser and go through with your purchase on Kogan's site, he's going to impose a six point eight percent tax. Genius. But he does give you the alternative to upgrade. Now, this has had a bit of a mixed reaction. I, I put this up on Tech Guide and on my Tech Guide Facebook page. And the reaction I've got to say was a little negative. People were, were saying, "Well, he's he's going to lose me as a customer, and he doesn't get to dictate how I do it." And you know, the customers that have been with him for all this time. Mm. Yet, people on the Kogan Facebook page, the the sentiment was, "Oh, it's about bloody time." Yeah, you know what's really interesting? Has anyone actually tested it? I wonder whether he's actually imposing a tax. Well, there is a screenshot that I, I, I ran on my story that uh, it was imposing. Oh, a, I don't know whether it, it was an actual customer. It but, comes uh, up. It comes up showing you the, the thing, but I wonder whether it actually charges it. I should. Well, I don't have Internet Explorer well, Seven, I don't so think I can't he's going to going to throw throw a dummy there, mate. I think I think he would because <laughs> I well, think this it's story, a very you know what, this story made the BBC. Yeah, I mean the blokes are frigging well. genius. Let's not kid ourselves. The blokes are genius. Anyway, if you are using Internet Explorer Seven, you're crazy. Um, and you should upgrade. Get get Chrome, get a Safari, get Firefox. Christ, get Internet Explorer 9 if you're that desperate. But seriously, <laughs> Internet Explorer 7 is the dark ages, and you're missing out on a lot on the web, so check it out. Uh, this is Two Blokes Talking Tech, and after this, we're going to have Stephen's one-minute reviews of two wonderful little products. All right, start the clock, Trevor. Tick, tick. The FZ150 Lumix digital camera from Panasonic. Now, I took this to, with me to San Francisco just to test the zoom capabilities. Now, this has got 24 times optical zoom, 32 times in total, so it's also got digital zoom on top. I've actually, on my review on techguide.com.au, I've actually taken a photo of Alcatraz from Pier 39 just oh, to demonstrate how good the zoom lens on this camera is. Nice. But this isn't just, there is intelligent auto, so this is the, the automatic mode. Very hard to take a bad image with Intelligent Auto. But if you're an enthusiast or a professional, there is also full manual control, which lets you control things like your focus and your exposures. So in the hands of a beginner, a professional, an enthusiast, the results are some excellent photographs. Now, you can also shoot panoramic shots. You can also shoot 3D by doing a pans. And what it does, it it picks out the best images, so it creates a left and right eye image, and you can view them on a 3D TV. Uh, It's also an excellent video camera. It's, it shoots full HD in, at 50 frames per second. So you don't need to go out and buy an extra digital camera, a digital video camera. You can just rock the FZ150 to shoot your video as well. It's priced at 
$579, and there is a full review on techguide.com.au. Was that 58 seconds, the one before? Oh, exactly. Okay, here Maybe we go. Maybe a bit longer. Mavericks. Now, this is a gentleman that actually just contacted me out of the blue. I think he heard me on 2GB one afternoon and said, look, I, I import these products that they've named after him. His name's Jerry Mavericks. And he's created a product that combines a smartphone case and a wallet. I know I walk out the door with my wallet and my phone in my back pocket. And for those people who don't want to have more things to carry around, Mavericks has actually combined them into one. It's a smartphone wallet built for the iPhone 4 or 4S and for the Galaxy S2 with more models to come. And basically what it is, you snap the phone in on the right-hand side. On the left-hand side, there are pockets for your credit cards. There's also a, a, a pocket underneath that, so there's like a little hidden pocket. There's also, you, it comes with a stylus pen, so you pop the top off the stylus and it's a pen. You can write on paper, actually write on paper with it. It's also got a money clip, so you can put your bills in it as well. So you've combined your smartphone case with your wallet, uh, it's it's made out of leather, really really high quality. It's only forty nine ninety five. My only criticism was that because it opens like a book, and when you want to make a call, it's okay if you're texting and things like that. But if you want to make a call, you actually got to fold back the wallet onto itself and hold it in your hand. It could be a little bit awkward if you got your hands full. But uh, now the quality's there, and at a reasonable price, forty nine ninety five. The Mavericks smartphone wallet. I want one. Two blokes talking tech. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long. Another week, another Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Stephen, we can read all about you and your travels and life of technology each and every week at techguide.com.au. We can hear you on 2GB twice a week, Wednesdays and... Mondays and Mondays. Wednesdays. 2 p.m. with with the great Chris Smith. With uh, Chris Smith, absolutely. And, and I've actually launched my own podcast, Trevor, Tech Guide, the podcast, but which is not going to cross over too much with what we're doing here. We've still got a huge amount of fans that listen to this show. Oh, massive, including Steve Barmer. What's doing, Steve? <laughs> Give us and the Mark prices. Zuckerberg. And uh, yes, you can hear my podcast at yourtechlife.com and you can hear me every weekend to you uh, at 954 in Sydney at 3 o'clock. Thanks for listening. Thanks for now, Talk to you next week.